What do you think AI is going to mean for us? For you specifically, are you concerned that AI is going to take your job? Are you worried about all of the information that you have been consuming regarding AI? Do you have what our next guest coined AI fatigue? Is it really going to change everything? Well, let's get some perspective from PhD candidate for in linguistic anthropology, University of Toronto, Joseph Wilson. Joseph, thank you so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be here today. Yeah, you, you wrote a great article for theglobeandmail.com um, that it reads really well, and I can see your sense of humor definitely injected into this piece. You talk a little bit about AI <laughs> fatigue, and I just want to start there. Um, you know, not only because that's where the article starts, but I think it's a good way to frame the way that you know the discussion around AI has really been. I mean, there's just been a lot of conversation and a lot of curiosity about what AI is going to mean, right? Yeah, I think it's there's been so much, and it's happened so fast. Um, you know, it was only in late last year that uh, Chat GPT hit the web, and people started playing with it. You know, and it became the uh, the most popular internet app in history in terms of its growth, how quickly it grew. And it's just so hard to know what to believe. We hear you know, from uh, economics professors, you know, this will change everything. And, you know, the labor markets are, are over as we know them. And, uh, and it's just so hard to know what to believe. So you sort of approach this from the perspective of AI not really actually changing our lives that much. How did you get to that conclusion? Well, um, I mean, I think AI will, is, is now having a big impact. Um, and will continue to, but I just, I, I would like people to be more skeptical of what we get fed by the big tech companies because, of course, you know, they are making outlandish claims because it makes their stock prices grow. And uh, there's no doubt that um, ChatGPT and uh, DALI and these generative systems that can make art or, you know, and seemingly make conversation. Um, but it remains to be seen how these can actually be uh, applied. Um, you know, if you look at how um, specifically ChatGPT and those kinds of um, uh, tools that can generate text are being applied n now, I mean, the vast majority, over 90 percent, are uh, basically to, so that we can have slightly better written spam. <laughs> you know, um, you talk you know, about it. It's all, you, talk you know. Yeah, you talk about some of these strategies really coming across as how you you say it, uh, a clever parlor trick, and that we sort of mm. assign a human identity when we want to, whether it be to a response from ChatGPT or uh, something, you know, even like a like a discarded teddy bear. We as humans will project that onto something that we want to sort of assign humanity to. Can you expand on that? Yeah, sure. I think it's just one of those built-in capacities we have as humans. And we see this, you know, from the perspective of anthropology, we see this all across the world in different cultures, which is people uh, applying kind of human um, humanity and human agency to things that are definitely not human. Even the, the I'm, I'm staring right now at a, an electrical socket in my wall, and I can see the two <laughs> eyes and the mouth gaping I'm open. doing the same thing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, and there's entire websites and Instagram channels of, of things that look like faces, and, mm -hmm. you know, humans see patterns uh, where they are not necessarily uh, deserved, and I, I really think, you know, my research is a lot 
broad in, in language and the social uses of language. And I think that's the case with ChatGPT. It really, it really feels like there's something going on there, right? That, that this machine has suddenly been acquired the ability to think like a human, but it hasn't. It, it really is just clever, um, clever coding uh, and masses of data that allow it to kind of continually predict the next word. And we then read that as as humans ourselves and and assign it a little bit more credibility than maybe it's worth. That's right. And I think we can't help do that. that that's something that kind of built into us, that kind of empathy. Um, you know, and even people who who know that it's just, you know, uh, you know, huge banks of server farms in Silicon Valley spitting out, you know, calculating statistically what the next word is. It really does feel like there's something there. Mm. So but I, and I think we have to constantly remind ourselves that there isn't. Otherwise, we start attributing you know, all these, all these grandiose um, uh, things to the machine that uh, doesn't deserve it. Do you think that maybe we're just not at a point of AI's development where it is believable enough yet? And, and knowing that it is expanding and, um, you know, and growing in capacity every day, every minute, really, uh, maybe we will get to the point where it really will have a greater impact and will reflect a little bit more of our human qualities and the nuance in language that we have, uh, you know, as people. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. Um, I, I think, though, that when we talk about AI getting better or getting smarter um, or more human-like, we need to be clear on what we're talking about because, mm. because you know, clearly computers are way better at humans and have been for decades at many, many things, you know. I mean, AI, is, AI is, is good at precisely the things humans aren't, right? Like they can sift through you know, reams of data, they never get tired, they don't have egos to crush, you know, they, they are, uh, you know, they can do these things really well. Um, and so even if they get better at those things, like, it doesn't necessarily follow that they will become more human-like. They might become less human-like, you know, and they might, you know, they have their own kind of intelligence, but of course, when we talk about intelligence and reasoning and ethics, we're talking about humans. And so we kind of apply those human characteristics to, to the computers. I think we also need to give ourselves more credit as as humans and as users of AI that, you know, we're not just going to blindly accept it as our new reality. I saw a story over the weekend yeah. um, and it was this, and who knows if this was even real, but it was it was some reporting of a woman who, who married her AI boyfriend. And the pictures, of course, <laughs> are something that, you know, they immediately grab your attention. And so I was sifting through the comments and everyone's saying things like, just really detrimental against the story and against her. And it kind of reminded me that, yeah, you know, we're not, we're not all in a situation where we're ready to let AI just replace facets of our life, be it in relationship yeah. or in our, in our workflow. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that and just give ourselves a little bit of credit that it's not just suddenly going to arrive, take over and change the landscape of the world. Certainly not overnight. Yeah, I think you're dead right. I mean, I mean, and humans always respond to new tools, new technologies with such um, varied responses, like create creatively, uh, with fear, with optimism. Uh, and I think, no, I mean, nobody can really predict uh, exactly what it's going to look like. But one of the things that kind of concerns me right now is that 
you know, uh, and this is partly why I call it a, a clever parlor trick, is because <laughs> the other side is that there are so many humans on the other side of the screen working hard to make sure that it looks like there are no humans there. Uh, you know, humans, uh, humans wrote all of the data that the machine that these systems are trained on, uh, you know, they kind of just scraped them from the internet, which is all human, mostly human created stuff. Uh, there are humans that wrote the code. There are humans that kind of nudge the system to make better decisions on a specific task. There are humans that tag the data. There, there are people all over the place. So in, in many ways, saying that it's completely artificial intelligence is unfair also to all the people who are actually doing all the hard work. And a lot of those are, are temp workers and workers in um, the global south who, who, uh, are not paid, uh, who are not paid very well, but, you know, they don't, they don't get that credit. You know, that's, uh, that's for the big tech companies. A great point. I think that's something that isn't talked about enough is how much human power goes into making this appear non-human. Joseph, yeah. thank you so much for, for your perspective on this. I tend to be very cynical when it comes to talking about AI and what it's going to mean for us and go down that path of negativity and doom for, for what this means for no. humans. So I appreciate this perspective. <laughs> Good, good. We can fight back. We can push back against the machine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for a great article. You can check it out at theglobeandmail.com. I really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, you too. It's Joseph Wilson, PhD candidate in linguistic anthropology at the University of Toronto. So maybe AI is not really going to change everything, at least not quite yet.